I think everybody's looking for something that they already have. I think the reason that we don't notice it is because we are so distracted by the human levels of our experience that you might not actually be what you think you are. The fact that we are already enlightened, we're already complete, and it's just realizing that you're complete. So everything we do to each other, or everything we see in each other, is us seeing ourselves. And yet the one thing that remains is this feeling of existence. I'm not a human being that has consciousness. I'm consciousness that is shaped into a human being. All of us are energy. A human being is a very complex pattern of energy. I always have been that energy and I always will be that energy. I know this conceptually. Why don't we feel it? And just like an ocean is water in motion, we can call a certain part of that ocean a wave, but it gives us the illusion that the wave is a separate entity in the ocean. But a wave is not in the ocean, a wave is the ocean. And similarly, we might not be waves, maybe we're the ocean. Maybe all of us are energy and we can realize that directly. All suffering is based on the illusory separation that there's an individual in the environment, that there's a person that has to survive, that this specific collection of a thousand trillion trillion atoms has to hold itself together. But if I realize directly that I am energy, and I realize that the body and the mind are a temporary manifestation of that energy, then I can fully accept the death of the body and mind as something that does not happen to me because I was always energy and I always will be. Ego tries to convince us we need to get something, this immortality, that we already possess. Ego is the voice in your head that says you're not as good as that other person. Maybe you need to do something else to make yourself better to add to yourself. You know, and, and that's what it constantly is doing. It's trying to keep you from being you and me right now, loving this and loving this life. Once you realize you're complete, then, then this life and everything in it becomes a play of form. Something to toy with and play with and make something good out of. And, uh, and it really isn't to be worried about, it's to have fun with. You know, everyone is looking for God and everyone is God, and that everyone is it. It's just now, what do you want to do? And once you realize that, then there's nothing you need. It's just play. You know, nothing you do is going to add anything to you. Right. And nothing you do is going to take anything away from you. So you really is nothing to do except play. And so the only moment that mattered to us was right now. I think this experience is so important and powerful that every religious tradition at its core has been trying to convince us of its importance. And if it's true, if the true end of all human psychological suffering is actually possible, it is the most important thing science could be studying. Maybe it's possible that within our lifetimes we could actually eradicate human suffering. And what would the world look like then if every single one of us felt complete, felt whole, and felt interconnected? 
When you let go of individual survival, all of your priorities change because you actually see the entire world as your body. You see the suffering of others as your own suffering and you want to help. Maybe the one thing that keeps us from actually solving all of the other problems in the world is this persistent flawed thought that we are separate from the world. And maybe it's time we change our minds. Welcome to the machine, everyone. I am your host, Mario, here with my co-host, Jeff Rowe. Journey with us as we adventure into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. All right, everybody, and welcome. We are here with Jeff Rowe. I got Jeff Rowe here in, uh, I don't know if you call it a studio, It's you know, which is going to be in the works. And in time, we're going to get something put together. I am personally going to get something put together that's a little more uh, better for the audio in this room this is not very good but we're doing it nonetheless jeffro how are you good how are you doing mario i'm doing well and we've got a guest with us another a, guest a guest a listener so thank you so much lee i'm not going to give anybody your last name because i don't know if you want anybody to know your last name and we prefer it that you don't really uh just in case you know we don't want you getting any you know backlash or anything from something you may say on here that other people may disagree with but uh we're going to say lee Lee, how are you? And it's not the Lee that was abducted by aliens, by the way. So not that Lee, not not our old friendly. This is a different Lee. He assured us he has never been abducted by aliens thus far. Anyway, well, so Lee, please speak. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys tonight? We're great. We're Thanks doing, for asking. We're doing yeah. really well. We're we're excited and you know, just words cannot explain how excited we are to hear from another listener. Um, because I think a lot of the times. People get nervous whenever we say, hey, you, you're more than welcome to come on. You know, we do this for people to, to communicate, to listen and, you know, share ideas. And I think a lot of the times people get, uh, I don't know, I don't want to, Roberta said starstruck. I don't think it's starstruck. I think they get nervous, so to speak, you know, whenever it comes to, you know, putting something on a recording so that other people can hear. And then when you hear a lot of people say, oh, well, how many listeners do you have? We're averaging about 2,000 listeners now per episode, and I'm just giddy about that because I have, yeah, and I said giddy. I am, I've never expected it to reach uh, the the height that it has, and, and we can't thank everybody enough, including Lee here. So thank you so much. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but Lee, 
we are going into this podcast, which was your suggestion. It was a fantastic suggestion. We're going to call this one, Let There Be Light. I think it's a fantastic title for a fantastic podcast. And I'm going to say fantastic just to say fantastic on top of fantastic. But Lee, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, let me ask you this. How and I we ask everybody this. How did you hear about the podcast? What uh, what draw what drawn you to the podcast? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was at work one night and uh, I was fiddling around with Spotify and I was like, got tired of music and I was wondering what kind of podcasts were out there. And, you know, the, the uh, normal podcasts, you know, sports, whatever, I, I, I don't really care about, you know, my, my thinking goes a lot deeper than most of the social I don't know, baggage that most people uh, find entertaining me. Uh, I have a questioning mind and uh, I just typed in conspiracies, you know, and uh, you and a couple other ones popped up. And I, I, I gave one of your more recent podcasts a listen. And I was like, OK, these guys, you know, uh, uh, seem to know what they're doing, know what they're saying. You know, you, you have uh, a, a lot of uh, evidence to back up both of your your uh uh hypotheses i guess and uh i moved on to a different podcast and it just wasn't as well put together it wasn't uh they were they were questioning more than informing and i like you guys because you have a lot of information that then later between you two you kick around the questions you know what i mean the information is there and it, it's me to go and investigate it myself you know so i'll do a hours-long google search on the topic and then i'll you know come up with my own or agree and or disagree which is perfect that's ex i mean that was a perfect explanation of what we're aiming to do here on this podcast is give people the puzzle pieces and let them connect the dots and Jeffrey and I both have said that many times on these many different topics. Uh, if you don't mind me asking you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you first. How's this? I'm going to ask you first. How, have you listened to the majority of the podcasts, all the podcasts, some of the podcasts? Well, I've listened to all of them. Wow. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like Let me ask you the next question here. <laughs> Was there one that stood out to you the most? Um, I don't know that stood out is a proper phrase, but the one that pissed me off the most was the, the veil, the one, you know, I'd heard bits and pieces, you know, through Alex Jones and stuff like this with weird, you know, conspiracies with these high profile people. And then when, when you guys went into, you know, kind of behind the veil with Pizzagate and everything like that, I mean, I, I legitimately got pissed off. Like, what's understandable, and, yeah. we, and and we did as well. Uh, yeah, you, to to give the information and not saying all of it is a hundred percent accurate, but there's too much information there for none of it to be accurate, in my opinion, anyway. And that's something that Jeffrey and I talked about before we did that series. Whenever we we released it, it was okay. How do we come across with doing this episode without? you know, putting everybody in a suicidal mood without getting them enraged, without, uh, you know, sounding like, you know, 
crazy nutcases. And you mentioned Alex Jones. I'm not going to say he's a crazy nutcase. He's ex- he's an extravagant type of podcaster, or you know, or he has his own show. It's not just a podcast. Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? You get in my face with that, I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn well, fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. We do respect the opinions of others, including Alex Jones. We have, we've shared a lot of his content back and forth, you know, along with Joe Rogan's and, and other people. Uh, and that's something we do. Uh, Jeffro is just fantastic with the information he brings to the table. He's, you know, I, I'm, I'm more of the, I'm more like you here, Lee. I, I go off the rails a little bit when something gets to me or upsets me and, you know, pisses me off. If you heard the uh, vaccine, uh, yeah, vaccine, vaccine uh, mandate, you know, I kind of went on a rant and with, with, with that being said, you know, getting that out of the way and the introduction here, Lee, thank you again for being on the podcast Anytime. Give us, give us a, give us an idea. Okay. Start us. I'm going to let you start us out. We're going to let the guest start us out here with the, uh, with the, the light subject, please. Right. Um, well, like I said, I was listening to a, a more recent podcast where Roberta and her, her girlfriend were on and uh, the water podcast was brought up and I scanned through that one so quick on uh, uh, a machine that I was busy on and I didn't really recall a lot of it. So I went back and re-listened to it and it, it, it got me to thinking, you know, there's one thing that's even more important than water that uh, if it didn't exist, we wouldn't even, you know, know water existed. And that was the light, you know, uh, God's first, uh, galactic command was let there be light and even god thought it was important enough to bring in first you know uh over the abyss i'm assuming the abyss being the the depths you know whether that be space i mean the nagumati and the uh the gnostic texts have a little different uh idea of what the abyss is but you know let there be light so you can differentiate between dry and wet, light and dark, uh, you know, you can't see it. I mean, I wouldn't want to go through this life, you know, by touch. I know there are people who are, who are blind, you know, and that is a, uh, that is an affliction I, I wouldn't wish on anyone. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, the, the people out there who are blind, and I, I would agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, you know, maybe down the road, you will, we'll give a little more gravitas to that area and the enlightened senses that people, once they lose a sense, you know, they have. However, I couldn't agree with you more as far as, you know, the importance of light here, how it gives life. Cause without sunlight, I mean, we're, we're pretty screwed here. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's safe to say, you know, it, it, it gives life along with water. I, I, Obviously, you know, um, on top of that, even, even a blind person still absorbs that light. Their body still absorbs that natural sunlight, right? Right. You need the vitamin D, right? Well, you need the vitamin D and it it takes all of it. Jeffro, do you have, 
what do you have here? No. Yeah. And thanks Lee for, you know, bringing that up because that that's the kind of the goal uh, going back to the beginning of this podcast and even making his uh, mentioning a comment on his first statement with the, uh, the veil podcast. This is information that we come across and we don't know how to place it ourselves. And when we came across that information, we didn't hear people in our circles kind of talking about it. And people were just mindlessly going about their day. And, you know, you and I start talking, Mario, you know, and we're like, did you hear about this? And you're like, yeah, but I don't think anybody else is hearing about it. So the subject matters we bring up and sort of the focus of the podcast isn't to be super extravagant, like an Alex Jones or, you know, verbose or, or any of those things. We have my moments. Yeah. (laughs) We we want to speak about these subject matters in a very rational sort of way, because Lee is right. You'll, you'll get some of these podcasters and they'll come out and, you know, their first goal is to be provocative. Right. Right. And, and just to get clicks. And we want to actually discuss the issues because that's where the rubber meets the road. If it doesn't affect you or I, or the listeners on a personal level, how do we incorporate this into our own lives? And I think that's what I try to bring to the podcast. You know, um, you giving me credit for being knowledgeable. I just, I, I want to have some rational explanation as to why I think the way I think, and I'm not just a conspiracy nut. So I just wanted to say, that. <laughs> well, I think that's, no, I think that's perfect. I think that's, uh, you know, that's, heavy on the podcast because as lee was telling us here you know yeah we talk about these things and we give reason of why it's not just like you know turning on the media news where they're just barking shit at you constantly telling you what to think and how to feel you know we go through okay what's happening why is it happening why do we think it's happening don't come to our conclusion come to your own conclusion i think lee said it very well uh, Lee, what do you think? Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, uh, you guys tag team an issue so well, um, Jeff Rowe, with the, 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 the facts or the information side of it. And then your mind breaks that down and asks the questions that a normal person would, would, would ask. And I mean, I, I catch myself listening to you guys' podcasts asking this the, a question in my head and then immediately mario you, you ask it it's like <laughs> so we're, we're we're dialed in you know uh the the way you guys format your your podcast i mean alex jones i mean he made his break what back in the 90s with the with the uh bohemian grove thing nobody really knew who he was until then and then now it's almost like he's got to outdo himself Right. Right. Yeah. And And that's, that's the part of sensationalism, right? Right. And I can't fault the guy for it. You know, if, if it gets him more subscribers, if people buy more of his, uh, you know, whatever it is he's selling on Infowars, then uh, more power to him. Uh, he, I think his problem is he gets caught up on one topic for way too long. I mean, we know the vaccine sucks. We know COVID is not as bad as the world wants you to believe it is. And he, he, he just needs to move on from that. Uh, I do like how he ties it in with the whole uh, global elitist uh, end of days, all that. Uh, I, he, he, he will tie it in, but he just gets caught up. It's like, dude, we know the vaccine sucks. Move on. 
you know right he, he almost seems like he's playing a character at some point and he, he you know can't move on to the next scene right he gets he gets right. caught in a loop um listen you son of a bitch well that kind of worries me because i he, you and I were just talking about, I know, you know, in the past, you know, we've done like different COVID and, and vaccine and, and, you know, updates like that. And we're, we're about to do another one. We're going to record another one tonight, but you know, I, I almost worried. And I, and I asked one of our listeners, um, Amy was it Amy or April. I believe it was April. If I don't, you know, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to check my phone real quick to be sure, because if she's listening and she says I got her name wrong, she might not listen anymore. And I feel bad. <laughs> right. Let me continue with uh, some of the subject matter uh, Lee wanted to bring up with delight. Um, and I, I'm, I'm extremely excited to hear that the listeners are finally uh, having an opportunity to reach out and, and this whole light thing. Um, I, I agree with you, Lee, whenever you're talking about the importance of light, um, the premise of what the water was to bring to light, <laughs> the fact that an element as simple as water and and the simplicity and it how important it could be in everyday life right we we look at it and we don't even think about it right um and it's when pos- right and in postulating questions and deeper questions like religion faith god and whatnot i think the simple things get overlooked so easily and it was my attempt to put importance behind something that could be so easily overlooked you know well i think sometimes that they're made complicated they're, they're purposely made complicated by the dogma of different religions and things like that which it could be you know leading people off of the the path that they were the divine path of their self that they were meant to go down by hearing from a dogmatic religion of you know hey you're going down this path, but this is the path you want to go down, right? This right. is your answer. And that's what we're trying to avoid here. You know, this, this goes again to not that we're not, not, not the word speaking, you know, derogatory on any religion. No, no, that's no. not what we want to do. No. And that's another goal of the podcast is not to preach or what you were right. saying earlier, not to scream at the audience, but to have a conversation like two guys at the bar, like, you know, kind of elbowing, elbowing the guy on the stool and saying, Hey man, did you, you know, you hear about the recent Epstein stuff? What the hell's going on, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, you know. Which, by the way, if we ever meet, we owe you a drink for this one here. Later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but with, with the light thing, man, uh, what's fascinating is in my, my one of my original hypotheses with the water was that uh, water is brought up in, in the second verse, even before. Uh, the light verse, which is why I, I initially focused on the water. Um, so Lee beat, Lee beat us to this one. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, you got the, the Genesis Kudos thing here, Lee. right? And it says, uh, I, I pulled this up on Bible Gateway, which is on uh, on the internet. And the first verse says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And this is the King James Version, the, the original King James Version. Right. And then earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And again, I agree with Lee. The deep could be space or it could be the ocean. There, there's real no, if there's no form, then I guess it really can't be no the ocean, going. right? It's in the darkness. And, and right, exactly. Uh, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And that's the second verse. And that's why I put the importance of the idea of water 
ahead of the light. And then in verse three, it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. So it's the very next line. Right. Right. It's the very next line. And I think the way my mind works, I look at that and I see that water and light are the two elements that give life. are the genesis of yeah life of I creation mean, that's it it's exactly and and this is kind of what i was hoping for back in the water podcast was to get somebody on here to you know get the thoughts percolating in the brain to say hey you know i'm going to i'm going to throw out a line and see how many bites we get so i'm 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 super excited that lee was one of the ones that was able to catch on to this Right. It's, it's, it's great. It's great to speak with. Uh, we, we wanted to do this. Sure. We can interview other people, you know, and I've talked about interviewing people for MUFON and things like that, but it's really, I mean, it's more exciting for me when we talk to people who are like-minded or, or, or thinking the way that we are that want to entertain our thoughts and say, Hey, you know what? I'd love to have a discussion with you guys, whether it be the same thought or, you know, separate thoughts or different thoughts. What may you, so I, to me, that's, that's more important. I am not, uh, I don't get starstruck very easily. I see, you know, we've, we've been to different places. We've seen people, you know, in the media or whatever, different, you know, in person, what entertains me the most, the people that I get fascinated by the most are the people who challenge my mind. Yes. I love being challenged. Um, I, I think, one of the most important things we're here to do are to, is to grow, right? Going back to some of the early podcasts, I think one of the reasons why we're here isn't to be perfect. You know, there, there's this narrative and religion that humans or our species, we're, we're not perfect or we're born sinners. And I think that narrative is a little bit negative. I don't know. Don't necessarily agree with that. I agree more with the fact that, we come here not perfect and our goal isn't to be perfect, but our goal is to strive for perfection, to grow, to grow. Right. And the more we grow, the more we learn. Right. And that actually forces us to take ownership of our faith. If, if we're taxed with growing, then we can become more godlike and become, you know, more celestial beings if if we're growing towards a goal rather than being told no matter what you do you're a sinner and you know there's a negative connotation to that and i think that's destructive but uh lee let me ask you let me ask you um how how much of the information with light are you aware of as far as when talking about the nakamadi and some of the gnostic texts um, I mean, the Nagamati, uh, the Gnostic belief is that, that uh, you know, this world wasn't created by the God that the Christians believe it was. You know, uh, they believe that the grand architect or, or the creator of all creation is light. You know, the, the essence of everything, knowledge. Uh, it's a light that can't be looked upon. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm Gnostic, but it, it kind of, when I, when I heard the, the Genesis story on the Gnostic side of it, 
it kind of kicked me in the gut. You know, it kind of made sense that we would be, we would be created by evil for evil to live in this place. And that a divine being interjected because that's not what we were meant for, you know, right. uh, uh, the divine created, created, uh, uh, a more sensical term is uh, Satan. You know, Satan saw what uh, what uh, was created in. I want to say Yeshua or Jesus. I believe he was the perfect being, and I believe he was created before he was put on this earth. And then the negative entity, through the veil, tried to copy that. And when he did, he made us but we were devoid of light. We were devoid of the divine spark. And uh, I believe I read that he said that uh, after he created the heaven in the earth, he created his own heaven. And then he created the archons to kind of oversee, you know, stuff on the earth and that the earth was pretty much just created as a footstool for him. And he got kind of cocky and he, shouted out that he he was the only god no other god can stand before him and that's what pissed off uh pissed his sophia pissed yeah. her off and she's the one that ordained humans with the spark of life and right, it's in right. one of us yeah so and it's our job to unlock it i'm sorry i apologize i was getting excited I was trying to hold back the you horses. Know, I, I can't help it here. And bef- before I go on my, my little piece here, but it, you know, I just wanted to get the name correct. It was April, you know, April, April, if you're listening, thank you very much. Um, again, April, James, Aaron, you know, we, I've been in conversation with these uh, three individuals as of recently and, you know, the outreach from the people, the listeners, it's just been fantastic. And Lee as well, Lee as well. Um, but I, from what Lee just said, you know, again, you know, we hear these different types of religions and we, I can't help but make that comparison to the ancient Sumerian, the ancient Sumerians, right? And the Anunnaki, that the, the episodes that we just covered, we, we, we go over this again. Yeah, no, you actually kind of beat me to it. That's kind of where I was going with this. Um, oh, sorry. Just, no, no, you're fine. I That's stole perfect. thunder. No, you didn't steal my, my thunder. Bad. You just, you know, accentuated it. No, just. And this is going from memory as best I can do, Lee. But you're right with the Sophia that that uh, in the Gnostic text in the Nag Hammadi that was found there in 1947. Um, the the creation, right? The the again the primordial, universal beginning was with a Sophia energy, and in that Sophia energy, with the Gnostics. I talk about, and I'm just paraphrasing here. So, you know, if as there are people I'm going off of memory. So if people, you know, have more knowledge, please, you know, hit us up. But the Sophia energy went into a slumber. And during that slumber, her consciousness split to the metaphysical and the physical. And in the physical, there was what's referred to as the demiurge. And the demiurge is took power over the physical realm and it's the demiurge that became the progenitor of the of the race of all creation and this progenitor like lee was talking about 
it became, uh, what would the term be? Became uh, imbued with this power and became hungry with this power and actually wants to replace the Sophia energy. And even with the Gnostics, the Sophia was a primordial universal sea. And, you know, see whether that be water or, or space or, you know, I, in my personal thought, like to think of it as a sea, but it also very much lines up with the story with the ancient Sumer gods. When you think about, instead of it being the Sophia, being Namu and right. Namu actually creating Apsu and then in tow creating Anki and Enlil. Right. And then in this, in this uh, correlation, it would be Enlil, who is the Demiurge, which was, you know, the God, you know, the major God of the Sumerians being in power over the domain of the physical, you know, whereas it was Anki, who was the progenitor, the actual physical creator of man. But it's, it's interesting, at least to me, that you have these different texts and these different religions sort of not apples to apples, but we're still comparing fruit. It's very close. So, the, yeah, the Gnostics believe that the Demiurge is actually, and there's a lot of good information online if you guys out there want to look into it a little bit more. But the Demiurge is this, you know, it's kind of one of the things about the Gnostics. Uh, and and here, here's something else interesting. The Gnostics, there was never really a sect, a Christian sect that was known as Gnostics. They were actually known as the Essenes. Um, they weren't called Gnostics until after they were persecuted and genocided by the Catholic Church because they were actually, the Catholic Church was extremely threatened by these by this sect that was out in the middle of Egypt because they were teaching these ideas about these alternative Christian thoughts. Um, now, I think it was around fourth, fourth century BC, they completely took them out, which is one of the reasons why the Gnostics had to hide their writings. And this, you know, I'm going to go on a rant here a little bit. Uh, well, this before you, okay, do, go ahead. before you, before you go on that rant, when you were talking about the split of, uh, the consciousness, the physical and metaphysical, the physical and meta metaphysical, it it, it kind of you know it, it spoke to me in like a little bit of a okay, the movie The Matrix, mm. right, right, and we hear all the time from different people, hey, we're just living in someone else's dream. Mm. So I mean, I just had to get that in there before I forgot. No, yeah, and uh, As, I, I, that's interesting element. Yeah, absolutely, could be interpreted that way, right? Yeah, I mean, what do you think about that, Lee? Well, I mean, even with the idea of the Sophia energy being unconscious and her consciousness being split while she's go. in slumber. Right. What do you think about that uh, the, hypothesis, the, sir? The Gnostics believed in, and it even carries over into the actual King James version of the Bible was uh, in the, in the, in the Bible, they, they talk about it like faith, you know, uh, where, where Jesus said, if you had, but the faith of a mustard seed, you could look at that mountain and move it. Well, the Gnostics believed that, but it's not faith. It's it's the divine power that resides in each one of us. That if we could somehow marry our thought with our emotion, that we could literally change the physical realm. 
Oh, Je- Jeff Rose. No, here. yeah, He's, dude. Uh, you're, you're speaking my language, brother. He because, really, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to give a suggestion out there, and I don't know if my friend Mario has finally listened to this or well, not. I mean, I think this, you know, this should really right now. George Michael's kicking himself in the ass wherever the hell he is because he's like, oh, you know what? I made that song about faith and everything. Fuck me, right? I mean, I'm the guy who wrote the $10 million check to himself and uh, had it come to fruition. I'm the guy who had the uh, substitute teacher in grade two who said that, uh, you know, whenever I want something, I pray to the Virgin Mary and I ask her for it and I promise something in return and I get whatever I want. So didn't you write yourself a check? I heard yeah. that you did. Is that true? I wrote myself a check for $10 million for acting services rendered, and I gave myself uh, five years. My dad could never afford years. a bicycle, so I went, yeah. okay. I went home and I prayed for a bicycle and promised I'd say the rosary in return, and then I got uh, a bicycle. showed up in my living room, brand-new Mustang bike. I put it in one of the scenes in Eternal Sunshine, a Mustang bike with a banana seat. Just before Thanksgiving 1995, I found out that I was going to make $10 million. So you visualized... From then on, it was whenever I wanted something to happen, I manifested it. I stood there in an open field like this with my arms out. If people aren't aware, there was... I don't know exactly if he was just a preacher or just somebody who was a... uh, you know, just a speaker or whatnot, but there's this gentleman by the name of Neville Goddard. Oh, Neville, yes. Neville Goddard. Uh, and he was uh, somebody that went around, I don't know, I can't, I can't remember whether he was a scientist or a preacher. I think he was a preacher scientist. And he has a book. I thought he was a physicist. He might have been. He has a book called uh, The Secret is the Filling. Go ahead. I'm just going to look up his bio real quick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, everything that you're saying here, Lee, I actually think ties in and you're right about the gnostics um they were focused on the metaphysical and that's where i have found myself here in the last year um the the physical world that we reside in seems less and less real to me and this is what the gnostics were talking about because they were tending to try to not not be the god but be godlike and their their goal was if you guys out there have uh, ever heard of the Tibetan Buddhist rainbow body. And this is where they believe that they, if they were able to ascend, they could imbue themselves with the power of God, which was light and create a rainbow light body. And this goes all the way back to some of the stuff that, I've I've come across and I I hope I say this correctly because there's a lot of information trying to flow through me at one time here. Um, I actually believe that there's a marriage, like Lee originally said, there's a marriage between water and light, and that marriage would be that light is the male energy and the water is the female energy, right? And this also can be uh, assimilated to the conscious and the subconscious, which would also work very well into the split of the consciousness of Sophia falling into slumber. And the interesting thing about that concept, if there's any validity to it, is 
when light penetrates water, what is created? The rainbow. A rainbow. And if these Gnostics were talking about a rainbow body, what's the arc of the light that has to hit your eye? At what angle? 45. Does this, you know, rainbow have for, for us to be able to view a rainbow that has to be at a 42 degree angle, right? 42, yeah. And this 42 degree angle goes all the way back to some of these sacred numbers that we talk about. It goes back to the pyramids, the great pyramids being at the height of an arc, a 42 degree angle, the perfect angle of the pyramid. This goes to some of the movies and books that we have in our entertainment, like there being something that's being spoken through us and it's you get a movie. Right. So you get a movie like a uh, hitchhiker's guide and they say the answer to the universe is 42. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not, I hope I'm not spoiling a movie that was made 20 years no, ago. We, we actually put that clip in one of the previous episodes. Right. I believe it was one of the water episodes. We put that. Right. Clip in. So again, this, this is a, I feel like it may not be the, you know, quote unquote, the answer, but there's, there's enough breadcrumbs here that, you know, everybody can kind of maybe pick up here and, you know, pick up the ball and carry it and see where you guys end up. Because this is to me, there, there's a common thread through all these different things. And it's, it's not like one single religion has the answer, but all the different faiths, you know, and something else for, for our Christian listeners, uh, listeners out there, we have to keep in mind in the beginning, like in the early centuries, there was multiple faiths, multiple different sects of Christianity. Yes. And the prevailing form of Christianity was the most violent one. It was the one that ruled. It was the one that conquered. It was the one, you know, the winners of the wars are the ones that write the history books. Yeah, the victors. So if the whole idea behind Christianity was to be a loving religion, it was the worst of the religion that survived. So we also have to maybe go back to those early teachings and try to. At the same time, know. nobody, please don't be angry with us on this. No, I mean, no, no. You go back. That, and, that's my personal opinion. Look, well, I mean, look, if people were to dig a little bit into it, they would find, you know, what we're speaking to be true. Not saying that people now who follow these religions are angry and horrible people. That's not what we're saying. You know, we're, we're not saying that you were the most violent people. Now that's not what we're saying. No, we're we're saying, saying those who create the dogma, the dogma, right. The, the, the successors, the, right. The ones that created the foundation and then the outline for what was supposed to be a movement to enlighten humanity kind of got corrupted and captured. Right. So I was looking up the bio of uh, Neville Goddard and uh, his real, his full name is Neville, Neville Lancelot Goddard. That's pretty badass. I like that. Oh my goodness. I just had something. Um, Lancelot, huh? That's funny because Guinevere, right? Guinevere is a female energy name for light body. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> It says Neville Lancelot Goddard, February 19th, 1905 to October 1st, 1972, generally known as Neville, was an American author who wrote the Bible, mysticism, and self-help. It says he was born in Barbados. 
where he immigrated to New York in 1922. And he worked as a ballet and ballroom dancer. In 1931, he began to study under Ethiopian rabbi who introduced him to Kabbalah. And what is suspected to be in Ethiopia? Lee, do you know this? Um, the origins of Christianity? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant is supposed to be in that small church in Ethiopia. Really? I yeah, there's. I, I can't think. I think can't think of the name, but it's like a real small church in a rural, uh, rural community where they believe the uh, Ark, yeah, of Co- yeah, Ark of the Covenant is actually being protected, or at least one of the arcs, because that's another thing. Um, depending on who you listen to, and they've you know explored this thought on ancient aliens, but there might have actually been multiple arcs. But uh, it says, according to the legend, the Ark was brought to Ethiopia in the 10th century BC after being stolen by the staff of Menelik, the son of the queen and Sheba and King Solomon of Israel, who deemed the, the theft was permitted by God because none of his men were killed. Right. So it's interesting that he, so this Neville Goddard was taught by an Ethiopian teacher priest right yeah that's interesting putting pieces together without even realizing it Let's what do you think it. about that lee um i mean I, i've i remember hearing hearing about that somewhere i can't remember where probably what documentary on tv or something but uh i mean I, i've heard s- several uh where the ark of the covenant and you know the the holy grail and all that could be right here in the United States in some hidden cave in the Grand Canyon somewhere. Uh, I, I, I don't put much stock into ancient artifacts. You know, um, if one thing uh, being a gun owner has taught me, time pretty much tears up anything. And uh, I try to look forward, not, not backward. I mean, sometimes to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been in a nutshell, but once you, you find the map never, never turn around to go back. You know what I mean? You've got a a starting point and a destination and the quicker we can make it to the destination unhindered, uh, the better in my opinion. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think it's the journey that makes us who we are. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's interesting. You say that Lee, uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now. Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, uh, living in the past and living in the future. He talks about how living in the past is depression and living in the future is anxiety, right? If you, if you concentrate too much on the past, it's just becomes depressive. And you think about what you could have done, what you should have done, you know, how things could have been changed and, and you lose focus on the now. And if you live too much in the future, you, you worry too much about, and I think it was, what might happen. I think it was Wayne from Wayne's world. who said, live in the now, live in the now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's world. So, but no, yeah, that I, I like that Lee. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I've actually, um, this is a different subject matter and it seems like my mind's going five different places here. Oh, you, you, with this conversation. Lee, you got, you got his wheels turning in his head. I can see the wheels turning. Right. It's kind of weird, but yeah, it's not of them, bro. I, I, I just, <laughs> I see stuff like, in my mind, sometimes it doesn't make sense, and sometimes it's scary, so I don't say everything that's on my mind. But uh, I also recently, in about 
last three or four months came across an interview with a person that had an NDE, a near-death experience. And with his near-death experience, what he said that was very interesting was that whenever he was shown, whenever he crossed over and he was being guided by his guide or light energy or angel. Usually we hear it's a loved one or something like that right. to help us cross. Um, he made mention that he never saw the guide. He was right beside his shoulder. Um, but he, he found himself in this open field of wheat and just, you know, high grass. It was just a beautiful area. And he had this sense, the person who was experiencing his NDE had this sense to want to look behind him and look around. And the guy said to him, not to look behind you. There's nothing there for you. Continue looking forward. So, and he, he interpreted that as you can't change the past. You can only affect the future. So, you know, don't worry about the past. Don't look behind you. There's nothing there for you. Keep moving forward. And so that's interesting that you said that Lee, that, that sparked that thought in my mind. No, I've tried to live my life that way. I mean, if like you were saying, you, you, you look back, I mean, who, who wouldn't change something if a time machine landed right in their man cave and they could go back, you know, just to, to, to change one decision to see what your life would be like. Um, everybody's daydreamed about that, but yeah, we've all, I think everybody's had that thought, you know, if, if you could change something, how would your life be different? Right. I think everybody wonders that from time to time. And I don't, and to your point, Lee, I think I, I completely understand what you're saying here is, you know, sometimes people don't stop and, really appreciate where they are in the moment right and it may be one of the reasons why we can't go back is because if we did and we changed an element of our past we wouldn't be who we are so exactly. it runs into the grandfather paradox how can you be the one that goes back in the past to change an element of your past and still become the person that you are you can't every 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 different decision in the past makes you who you are currently. So if you were to do that, you wouldn't be the person that wanted to go back into the past in the first place. Right. I, I one <laughs> of the things that uh, you, I think this speaks volumes to and everything that we recently had spoken about on this podcast here so far is uh, you know, I, I did, I get messages from different people reaching out to us, which is fantastic. I love speaking with these people. Really. I do everyone. And actually April just messaged us again while we're doing this podcast, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, another girl named Mary, Mary, if you're out there, thank you again for your support. Um, but uh, uh, an individual had reached out to us. Somebody is going through some, some difficult times as we all do everybody and said that our podcast had given him, I don't want to say hope, given him a reason to better, maybe better his situation and move forward. As you and I were speaking uh, about how we feel, and I'm sure Lee can agree with this as well, that we are so much more than we're led to believe. And we've said this throughout the many podcasts that we've had, the power that we have as individuals without being stifled from, you know, the different corporations and media, news media and, and, and governmental figures and things like that is just unmatched. And when this person reached out to me and I thought, well, you know what, this, this goes hand in hand to what you and I 
whenever we started doing this, wanted to do. This was the whole idea. We wanted to get people to think and if possible, change lives, even if it's just one. Right. You know, I, I don't want to speak for you, Mario, but I felt clogged. I felt stuffed. Right. I felt like constipated. I felt, yeah, there, there was, <laughs> there was no, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, there was no, you had to shit, man. Yeah. Right. Uh, absolutely. I had to let it go. Isn't that what Elsa tells us to do? Um, sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Who's going to clean up this mess now? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Use some water, I guess. Oh, um, but no, we felt like no one was talking about some of the subject matter that needed to be touched on. So again, why we wanted it. And, and anytime Lee is right with, with some of these other podcasts or other, some of these other things that they kind of just speak at you. They really don't speak to you. And I would, I would come across some good information but I didn't feel like I was a part of the conversation or I didn't feel like they were really speaking to the common guy, you know, in any town America. So I just want, and especially with our circles of friends and we just, it just didn't seem like it was being touched on. So it was really a form of therapy for you and I. Yeah. That so we didn't know we needed it at yeah. the time, which was really, I mean, I mean that, if you ask me, you know, Finding out that you and I are, you know, on the, the same type of frequency and thinking these ways and, and, and having these provoked thought, which again, you know, and to the listeners, if you can, you know, rate our podcast, maybe on the different platforms you use it, it does help. And I, I think one of them, uh, I don't know who it was. It, it's completely anonymous, which is fine. The first words were thought provoking. And I thought, wow, they really got it. You know, we're, we're onto something here because that was the idea. That's the idea. And, you know, there's a beautiful segue that you're talking about how that one gentleman was able to uh, glean some information from the podcast, because that goes to exactly one of the major messages and goes back to the Gnostic idea of thinking. And that's we are more than what we are. The Gnostics actually believe that humans had the ability to ascend and become light bodies. And, and the idea about light bodies is another thing that's interesting. If I don't know how many of our listeners have Gaia, but it's it's a source for me exponentially. And there's a really great series on there called uh, Ascension Keepers with William Henry. And uh, I just got done finishing that a few days ago, and it was profound, absolutely profound. And it talks a lot about this Gnostic information. Um, and it, it's funny they, they talk about in there all these different elements of the Nag Hammadi, the, the Essenes actually. And what's, what's interesting is I, I want to bring this up again, because I want to hammer this home as much as I possibly can, especially for those who are primarily Christians in, in the, in the listening faith or in the listening viewership. It's funny to me how the church can look at the Dead Sea Scrolls and Profitize or, or, you know, raise up the fact that, hey, look how similar our books are going all the way back to the fourth century, right? And they want to they want to go ahead and they want to talk about how, you know, our faith hasn't changed, our teachings haven't changed. Look how similar the books are still written, but they only want to give credit to the books that are in the pantheon of the Bible now. Right. What they always forget 
to mention is the fact that it was the Gnostics that wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they completely dismiss or devalue any of the other books that were in the Dead Sea Scrolls, like the Book of Thomas. Right. right. So you can't have your cake and eat it too in this scenario because either all the books, all the books have validity or none of them do. And this is what I'm talking about, how we also have to go back to some of those ancient sects of the Christian faith and give them just as much importance and validity instead of suppression. And here we go again with another theme of the podcast, suppression. Which we talk about constantly. Right. And it, it, it seems to keep that negative loop. And this is going back to the Gnostics again. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. The Demiurge. The Demiurge, that's the goal of the Demiurge. You know, the, the split of the consciousness, the, the, the creator of the physical. He wants to, or this, this Demiurge, this negative energy, wants to create chaos, wants to create confusion, wants to muddy up the waters. And the way they do that is by suppression, not allowing clarity not allowing uh you know not clarity i'm, I'm looking for another word here Go ahead, Lee. that that that's what kind of pissed me off because i mean i was raised uh I've, I've been a you know in a pentecostal church i've been in a, a, a southern baptist and uh you know to 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 do what i did and kind of break those chains and and you know i i've researched almost every major religion on the planet and that pisses them off because well, it challenges their power. Right. And in, in the beginning, uh, that's, that's why I kind of lean more towards the Gnostic, uh, Genesis is that, you know, uh, uh, we're supposed to be God's children. You know, if my son came to me and said, dad, uh, my teacher told me I shouldn't procure this knowledge that would piss me off because I want my son to know everything. And then you you have at least Adam have the Eve. freedom and right to have that right. But then you have Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and what did they eat the fruit of? Of knowledge of good and evil. What good creator wouldn't want their children to know the difference between good and evil? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. It, it was another one that rang to me. Uh, and if you read the Old Testament, from you know first book to last book of the old testament god was a vengeful god you know this way or hellfire and brimstone would rain upon you what kind of god would do that you know and it when i read the 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 nag Hammadi or the uh, the gnostic genesis it made sense that an evil entity would want to suppress your knowledge and keep you under lock and key and this, uh, I'm sorry. I I apologize. I was, I'm, I'm getting he gets excited. excited. He interrupts sometimes. It's it's <laughs> this. This is do. exactly what they're talking about in the Sumerian text, though. Remember this. Yeah. This is, um, you know, them talking about Anki being. He may be the serpent in the garden, but he was also the one who, the giver of knowledge. The, the giver of knowledge. Whereas it was the Enlil character who was trying to suppress that information because Enlil wanted to keep his empowerment you know and, and rule over the dominion of humanity and it's interesting that they said 
you know, we have to kick them out of the garden of Eden, not because they ate from the tree of knowledge, but because the next thing they're going to do is eat from the tree of eternal life. Right. So, you know, and then, and then this also goes into, well, I mean, it's like you and I have said, if, if the DNA, if the DNA line, if, if what we're talking about, you know, as, as far as the ancient Sumerian text and the Anunnaki, if we were created and spliced from the DNA of gods, we have that genome in us. We have that DNA genome, godlike genome within us. And we have that ability. It's tapping into that ability. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lee. I think it's more metaphysical when, uh, the more I, I, I read into it, and even in the King James Version, there are several, several verses in there where Jesus himself says, you know, the power of God is within you. You know, the, the, the house of the Lord is within you. We know it's there. I mean, you feel it. It's your conscience. You know, it's the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it. That is the divine power. And I am completely convinced the only reason why human beings can't fly is because we're told we can't. From birth to death, we are told this is the way things are. You're just going to have to deal with it. And not only has sat down and said, why? Why does that have to be the way it is? Or even had the encouragement to give to somebody that to to tell them yes you you are capable of to your example flying from birth right this goes along hand in hand with everything that we're seeing in everyday life now with you know everything you turn on your television it's always something to bring you down you hear something on the radio or multimedia the different music that we listen to it, it you know, more often than not it's something to bring you down. Not often, and I'm not saying it never happens, but not often do you hear anything. I mean, the news is full of just garbage, right? Mm-hmm. There's no positivity there. There's nothing. Okay. Yeah, this happened and that happened and this is horrible and uh, it's going it to get worse. Be, and right. Yeah, especially with the grand scheme of your life. Right. Right. All the it, bad shit that happens in the world, you're still going to go to work. You know, you're still going to feed your kids. You're still going to pet your dog and throw the ball for them. It doesn't change the grand scheme of life. Right. Compliance is the key tool of the Demiurge to implement his suppression or its suppression. Um, the, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I lost my, I lost my thread of thought here. Uh, he's having a brain fart and I can smell it. It's horrible, <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it back. <laughs> no, but like I was, like I was going on that my, you know, not much so much rant, but a little, you know, it, it's the things that we're hearing now, and it seems to keep, be getting even worse. You know, it's right now, and it seems to me, and I was just talking to you about this. It seems like there are more and more people waking up, and I say this to you all the time, Jeffro, and you say, "Oh, I hope, I hope." And I say, well, it seems like there's more and more people waking up because more and more people are waiting for this, some sort of divine happening, some sort of divine, you know, intervention, intervention. Right. Thank you, Lee. And the reason why that is, is because people are waking up, you know, when you, when you hear that everything that you were taught to like what Lee was saying here, everything you were taught 
that 98% of everything you were taught from you when you were a kid has been fabricated, has been manipulated to keep you under. Right, exactly. To keep you in control and keep you at bay and keep you suppressed. It's, it's exhausting, right? Right. It's almost as if there's a resonance that we feel that something you just, it doesn't feel right. It's like someone tells you to do something as a kid and you're like, as a kid, you're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Right. Right. And it's, you know, um, what's the, what's the Joe Rogan bit about uh, Noah's Ark. And he's like, animals eat other animals. I don't know if you're going to be able to put all those animals in the boat. I don't know about that. That don't make no sense to me. (laughs) Um, But no, it's, it's, it's that element of, that resonance and this goes to what lee was talking about with god said let there be light he said let there be light by speaking and by speaking he emanated frequency right and that's what we are is frequency and uh we are the light frequency the light frequency right exactly um so it, again it all kind of rotates and comes back to the beginning it it, it all just <laughs> really makes sense it's 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 hard not to at least give it a serious contemplation right well i think when somebody gives it a serious (laughs) contemplation they begin to see the light (laughs) this guy well i I mean the demiurge and archons they feed on negative energy they feed on darkness and right right. now they're like fat bastards in an all you can eat buffet and they set it up that way like if everybody would turn off their TVs, read a book, have fellowship with friends. I mean, one of my best friends in the world is he's a legit, you know, uh, uh, he doesn't believe in God, but we can still sit down and have conversations because he's very scientific in his thinking in that he doesn't believe he believes what he can see, feel, hear and touch. You know, but he also admits there are shit, there's shit science can't explain. Well, I think when, whenever Jeff Rowe and I were talking about this previous, I believe it was a podcast, water podcast, we were talking about it and we were seeing more and more now than ever that science is even leading the path of a creator. Quantum physics, front and center. if you're going to follow science, and this is one of the biggest problems, especially nowadays, is people tell you, hey, follow the science, follow the science. Okay, I'm going to follow the science. What's the science telling you? There's a creator. Oh, well, that's bullshit. No, that's just because that's not what you want to believe in. And forgive me here, Lee, I'm not saying, you know, this is your friend here, um, but we're, we're seeing it more and more nowadays. It's you know, if something goes against what you've been taught or, you know, how, how you've been thinking, you know, the, the possibility that, hey, maybe the way I have been thinking isn't the right way. Then they take to the defensive on that immediately instead of being open. And I think, uh, you know, that's one of the bigger problems, even especially now when we're told, you know, the same thing recently, we find the same conclusions, which is once somebody's indoctrinated that much into thinking that they're right and they refuse to believe that the possibility is, they could be wrong that there's another way there's another path you're closed indoctrination to me is something where 
you're given the answer and you repeat it rather than searching for the answer for yourself. Right. Right. Okay. Faith to me, faith is not the belief in God. Faith is the belief in yourself. Faith right. is believing that you are godlike and if we are his children or her children or however you want to you know position your argument then just like our children are part of us reflections of us we are godlike and and the whole the whole thing to the suppression the whole thing to keeping us underneath the thumb of rule is to disempower us because if 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 we don't realize the power we have within beyond the physical, like Lee's talking about the metaphysical, you know, the consciousness, then we become willing subjects. If, if we can't realize that power to the title of this podcast here, let there be light, let light. the light inside you shine. Light is energy, right? Follow the light. Uh, all right, well, we're going to wrap this one up here, Lee. This has been a fantastic podcast, Lee. We can't thank you enough again. Is there anything you wanted to say or any questions you had for us before we end this podcast and this uh, little meeting between us and this episode? No, I just want to tell you guys, keep up the good good work. Um, uh, uh, going back to you guys afraid to do updates, don't do that. You're not like Alex Jones. He He updates daily where you guys, you know, it's been months. It's okay to give us an update of what's going on or what you've heard that we may not. Uh, you guys are doing a bang up job. Um, all I can say is, you know, look for the light inside you. Stop, stop looking where it's not, because it's stop already there. looking outward. Look inward. Look inward. Uh, meditate. Pray. Pray. Prayer is a form of meditation. You'll find yourself. And even Jesus said, no, you know, if you don't know yourself, you can't know my father. Wow. You know, Love it, Lee. Love it. You have Love to it. know yourself. Thank you so much, Lee. Way to end this podcast for us. I, gosh. Exclamation point. Yeah, right. Mic drop. <laughs> Cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much, Lee. So. <laughs> Any, well, anything you want to say to the listeners while, before we take off here? Keep keep an open mind. I mean, not everything you're being told on the 24 seven, uh, shit media is, uh, is really what's going on. It's all sleight of hand. They're they're They've got something else going on. They're all controlled by one entity. So, uh, don't be controlled. You are the control. Nice. 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 Well, thank you very much, Lee. We're going to end the podcast here before it becomes the Lee show and not the machine because <laughs> you're doing such a bang up job yourself here. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to be on again, you just reach out to us. You know, the, the conversations are fantastic. And there you go again, you fantastic or fantastic because it's fantastic. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. That's it. <laughs> I used to be a guy who was experiencing the world and now I feel like the world and the universe experiencing a guy. When the curtain goes down at the end of the drama, the hero and the villain step out hand in hand and the audience applaud both. Because they know that the hero role and the villain role are only masks. 
as an actor you play characters and then if you go deep enough into those characters you realize that your own character is pretty thin to begin with you know and then you suddenly have this separation and go well, who's Jim Carrey oh he doesn't exist actually and at a certain point I, I realized hey wait a second you know if it's so easy to lose Jim Carrey who the hell is Jim Carrey there's there's just a, a relative manifestation of consciousness appearing and uh, and then somebody gave him a bunch of ideas. They gave him a name and a religion and a nationality, and he clustered those together into something that's supposed to be a personality. Mm. And it doesn't actually exist. There's and none of that stuff. If you drill down, is real. And so you see behind the stage too. There is the green room, where after the play is over and before it begins, the masks are taken off. Dressing happens, doing hair happens, uh, interviewing happens, and it happens without me, without without the idea of a me. You know, it's it's really, you know, the fact that we are already enlightened, we're already complete, and it's just realizing that you're complete. Once you realize you're complete, then then this life and everything in it becomes a play of form, something to toy with and play with, and make something good out of. What's happening right now inside everybody is they're going, who am I? And they're depressed, you know, a lot of people because they're trying to hold up an image in the world. And that's what depression is. You know, people go like, oh, Jim's been depressed and stuff. Well, yeah, I was depressed when I was trying to uh, be the Wizard of Oz instead of the sweaty guy behind the curtain. Uh, but now I know that Oz is a character, you know. Everybody walks around and they go like, why am I depressed? Well, it's because you're trying to be something for the world, you know? And as soon as you, you know, let that go, better things happen because they're just happening. And there's been a series of kind of awakenings I've had in my life. And, uh, you know, people chalk it up to depression and all that stuff. I think that, you know, grief and sadness and all those things are, are, are the, the ticket home uh, to nothing. I think that that was a part of the process. There's been several other awakenings and, and, and yet still I, I have a lot of egoic attachments that, that, uh, that pull my attention and focus. I think, you know, the right marriage with the right character and the right guy who's going through something is, is essential. And so that behind the scene, that is to say in reality, under the surface, you are all the actor. Marvelously skilled in playing many parts and in getting lost in the mazes of your own minds and the entanglements of your own affairs as if this were the most urgent thing going. But behind the scenes in the green room you always have a very tiny sneaking suspicion that you might not be the you that you think you are.